Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We have a jam-packed show in store for you tonight. Warren Sapp, the first ballot Hall of Famer, is going to be joining us around 720. We're going to be giving him a call. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot with him. A lot with him. He was his old head, uh, old D line coach at Orgeron. Want to get some stories there. My man's a deep sea fisherman. He loves to fish. I want to talk to him about that. And I know that we can talk a lot of great football with our good friend, Mr. Warren Sapp, who will join us around 720. Also, something that I was thinking about now that we were having Warren on and a topic that we can kind of talk about because Ed Orgeron and what he's done with his defense. Is he trying to implement what he did and what was done at the university at Miami? Is he trying to implement that at LSU. Let's look at this defensive line. Warren Sapp being one of those guys, linebackers, secondary, etc. We will talk about that before we get Warren on the show. And as always, guys, hashtag AskBlake. Put that in the comments. We will bring it up if you have a question for Warren later on, as we always do for guests. Put the hashtag AskWarren or AskSapp. How about that? Let's do AskSapp. We'll get some fan questions over to him. But first, we got to get to some of y'all's comments out the gate. Ryan Guidry says, let's go. What's up, Blake? Steven Miller says, yo, what's happening, Steven? Uh, we are live. Colin Thibodeau says, let's do the damn thing tonight. Adam Blake says, and we are live. What it do, Blake? Big show. Yes, that, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Blaine Smith says, I was wondering if we, we could talk about the name, image, and likeness, how it's going to work. Is there going to be a cap? We will talk about that. That's a subject. Look, ask it right here. Ask it after we uh, we we pay some bills around this thing. We'll we'll talk about name, image, and likeness. I know it's something that I've talked about. Uh, not really at nauseum, but it's something that we've definitely discussed in the past. We can definitely get to that. And everybody in here, Thomas Wesley, Thomas Bankston, Barrett Granger, Esteban. 
What's going on, Esteban, Steph, and everybody saying let's go. So it's going to be a really fun show. Devin says uh, let's freaking go. And our good friend um, Corey Kaye says who's fired up. We're fired up. We're definitely, definitely uh, fired up. But before we get started, guys, before we do everything, we got to thank our good partners over at Believe Podcast and Bet Online. Everything they do to help us and what everything you guys do to help us. I should be thanking y'all every night, too, but, which I do. But our good friends over at Believe Podcast for everything they do. And guys, before we get started, we got to pay those bills around here. And none better than our good friends over at GM, Varno and Sons. GM Varno and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them at 2500 Florida Boulevard, Denham Springs, Louisiana, for all your car maintenance. And our good friends over at Bet Online, Guys, with the new litigation about to go through, in the state of Louisiana with sports gambling, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet online for all your sporting action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, odds, and updates. It's literally the best way and place for you to go and place all your bets. And the good thing is it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag using your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, let's get this show started. Let me put this because I always, I always put this in there. Hashtag Ask Blake. That way it helps me. Let's see. There we go. There we go. Hashtag Ask Blake. Um, so you got a question? You want to talk about something? Put it in there. And before we get to Mister Sap, uh, uh, Devin says Electric City. The Chuckster is in the building. Matthew Daigle says, Will LSU baseball even make it past Rustin? Um, I don't. I don't know. If they'll make it past Rust, then the only thing LSU baseball needs to worry about is this weekend. That's the only thing that they need to worry about. They got to win two of three. Bottom line. Bottom line. They got to win two of three. It doesn't matter about getting to a regional right now. It doesn't matter about getting to a super regional. The only thing that matters right now is winning two of three against the Rudy Poos themselves, Texas A&M. That's the only thing. And look, everybody talks about midweek games don't matter. Well, midway, if midweek's games didn't matter, then why did you drop in the RPI? <laughs> you dropped in the RPI. So let's not act like it doesn't matter. Um, you know, something that was interesting, I know I talked about this in the beginning of the show, and something that I kind of want to touch on, especially when, you know, it was funny because now that we're going to have, you know, Warren's going to be joining us in, in, in around 12 minutes. Something that, that kind of I thought about was I wonder, you know, going back and looking at these old Miami defenses, these old Miami teams. Now, I'm not going to say that an LSU defense or really any defense in college football is ever going to be as good as the defenses were 10, 15, 10, or 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago because I don't think it's possible now with basketball or basketball on grass. That's what football is, is basketball on grass. So, I don't know if they'll be that dominant. But, you know, it's interesting to see what Ed Orgeron's doing with this defense. It's at all three levels. 
defensive line, which he knows really well. Guys, we've talked about this depth. We've talked about the young talent, the veteran talent that's returning, the depth that they have at defensive end, the depth that they have at D-tackle, a guy like Mason Smith coming in, guys that have been developed a little bit, guys like a Joseph Evans. You know, Warren Sapp was a guy who was recruited to play tight end, went over to defensive tackle because Ed Orgeron told him to. Said, come on over here. Let's play D tackle. Play D tackle, and you'll be a first ballot, uh, first ballot guy. He did, and there he was. So, <laughs> even Ed Orgeron, all the way back in the gap, could see elite talent. So we know that he's doing that on the defensive front. Now, linebacker is a position that I think we know that has been really shoddy. And, and Miami had some dogs. Ray Lewis being the biggest one of them. I don't know if this team has a Ray Lewis. I wasn't in Ray Lewis's first start. I think as a what was it? Maybe a freshman. He had a, uh, was it a 20, 20 tackle, one interception game? I mean, you're not going to see that very often from anybody in today's day and age. 20 tackles. 20. Unreal. This unbelievable that this man had 20 tackles in his, in his first star. Somebody got hurt, something like that, and he has 20 tackles. But I do think where LSU is going to try to separate themselves is in this defensive back room. We talked about it last night when Major Burns committed to LSU, and that's a big addition a huge addition for this team. So it'll be interesting to me, but they have so much talent, and it all stopped, starts up front. They had a lot of depth in Miami, something I was going to ask Warren about, just how deep they were on those teams. Um, again, I'm not going to say they're going to be those teams, but I think it's interesting to think about how he's making this defense look like teams that he's been on in the past. And look, to, to Ed Orgeron's credit, to Ed's credit, he did – when. I, he kind of got – I mean, yes, I guess you could say Ole Miss, but that defense after he left was elite. You had guys like Rick Hardy. Uh, Patrick Willis was another guy that they had there. He got number 52, a guy like Ray Lewis who was just all over the field. Hasn't been able to find that linebacker at LSU just yet. I mean, yes, you could say Devin White, but he was in the recruiting class before. Devin White is one of those guys too. So he has implemented some of those things into his defenses now at LSU. So – uh, we'll see. Seth Scott's got me uh, perked up here. He says, had an argument with a friend at work, Blake, with Chase and Marshall in the league. Now does LSU have an argument for wide receiver U? I think that they had an argument for wide receiver U before uh, those two guys. I mean, those are just kind of lanyap. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, um, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, DJ Chark is another guy. I mean, they have multitudes of receivers oh, Justin Jefferson guys Justin Jefferson probably should have been the rookie of the year um they have the talent they are wide they you, you could have them in that discussion now I think that there are other teams maybe in Ohio State maybe in Alabama that can be in that discussion I just don't know of another program that puts out more receivers than LSU if you can name me a program that puts out more receivers than LSU then I'll wait but I don't really think I, – I can't think of one off the top of my head uh, right now. Stephen Miller says, LSU will make a regional. Ba, 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 book it. <laughs> I think that they'll make a regional. I think that there's a chance that they could sweep. But every time I say that there's a chance, they win two of three and they don't do it. So I, I'm just going to go with the fact that LSU is more than likely going to win two of three this weekend. Historic, that's what history has told us with this team. <laughs> So, we'll see them up and run. What's so crazy is they beat Louisiana Tech twice, and they're still in them in their regional, which is just crazy to me. Very, very crazy. 
Uh, Matthew Diggle says, ask Blake, what's the word on who? Mike Jones. He's going to be fine. He's going to be in there after the, the season's over with. Or after the – not the season, the semester's over with. So, once they start the, the uh, summer semester – and, look, LSU has their team, their freshman guys, moving into campus. Um, so, it could be within the next week that Mike Jones will officially be on LSU's campus. Um, Mike Jones is a guy that I – I mean, look, what's crazy, and I don't think the LSU fans necessarily really under know this yet, but Mike Jones is a guy that guys like Ty McShay um, – What's the other one? Poofy hair. Uh, older guy. Ty, Ty, uh, Mel Kuyper. They have Mike Jones Jr. as an early second uh, round pick, even a late first round pick. Yeah, that transfer from Clemson that you got, some people have him as a guy that can be taken in the late of the first round. Mike Jones. So you got a transfer from a team that you played in the national championship, a team that was in the playoff last year. He transfers, and you can go get him. God, that's a big deal. And now he's projected to go early in the second round? Did you guys know that? Because I didn't until I started researching. I didn't know that he was high, that high on some people's boards. I thought he was maybe a, a round three, round four guy. But on some people's boards, they got him in early second, late late first. He has a damn good season. He can be in the mids. He can be maybe 15, 20 in that range if he has a good season. Because we already know where he's at right now. A guy that can play linebacker. We saw him – what's so, so crazy, we saw this kid playing the slot against Ohio State and have an interception, which is crazy in and of itself. You have a linebacker covering a wide receiver in the slot. Probably the hardest um, corner positions to play is that nickel position. He was playing it and had a pick. So, Mike Jones, I think, is going to be a guy that we'll be seeing and we'll be talking about very, very soon. Uh, Brandon Reese says, hashtag ask Blake, it'll be interesting to see who starts on all three levels of the defense for LSU this upcoming season. Yeah, it's going to be extremely interesting. I think that we do have some guys that we can kind of set in stone. I think Ali Gay is a guy that you can set in stone. Jay Ward's a guy that you can set in stone. Uh, Derek Stingley, Elias Ricks are guys that you can set in stone. Um, I, I, I want to say Jaqueline Roy. I mean, there's no way that you can't keep Jaqueline Roy off of the field. Right, like you're going to have to keep Jaqueline Roy on the field. Now you can rotate some guys in. That would be five. Um, I don't want to say B.J. Ojulari or Andre Anthony. I think those are two guys that will rotate. So you do have a lot of rotation. It's going to be interesting to see who starts, though. Brandon, to your point, that's you have another seven positions that you don't really necessarily know who's going to be starting there. I think Demon Clark will probably get the first the the first team reps against UCLA unless he gets beat out, which. Look, again, Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, the transfer from Clemson, could be a guy that comes in here and does that. Uh, Niventique Strong, Buck Strong is another guy, the number one Juco linebacker in the country, comes in. So, you know, <laughs> it will be very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Um, let's see. I saw this earlier. Darren says, hashtag ask Blake anything on Eric Gilbert. Yeah, we've talked about Eric Gilbert the last two nights. So, just as a very quick refresher, not going to go into it too much. I do think that there's a very strong possibility that Eric Gilbert is going to be on this team this upcoming fall. I think he does have some things he has to do to qualify. I don't know how far off he is at the current moment, but I was told last week it's looking good for Eric Gilbert. But we'll see, man. This 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 whole thing with Eric has been very really fishy at times. So, you know, it's one thing when you hear something like we we're hearing some stuff but it's one thing when you hear it, and another thing, like, 
I don't, I'm not betting my 401k on that thing. I'm not betting all the money in the world that he's going to be on this team. I, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of 50-50 because I need to – some of me wants to say that I want to see him do it, but I can only tell you what I, what I hear, and that's one thing uh, that, that we hear about him. Um, let's see. Brian says thoughts on Will Wade having a better team next year than he just had. I think it's a very close. I think it's very, very close. I see people asking about Warren. Yeah, we're going to be calling him in about three minutes. So in about three minutes, we'll be calling him and we'll, we'll, we'll get that uh, underway. Alex King says, hashtag ask Blake, do you know if Devontae Lee is playing wide receiver this year instead of linebacker? Yes, he is. He had a couple catches in that spring game. The 2021 roster has him as a, a wide receiver. That's because he is. Yep, he sure is. He's moved back over. When DJ Mangus came from Carolina back to LSU, the first thing that he asked, and he did, was is that he wanted uh, Devontae Lee back at wide receiver. He did it. So he is a, a wide receiver. Maybe complete be an H-back. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Devin says, uh, Brandon LaFell, Russell Shepard, Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, I mean, those are all – there's three other guys that were in the league. Three other guys that did that was really good contributors for their teams. Brent LaFell had a long tenured NFL career, a long, long tenured NFL career. Um, let me think. I'd have to go through the list. I know because I know I'm going to start listing some people off, and I'm going to forget some people. Um, Traven Durrell played a little bit. Remember, he was with the Saints. That didn't really. I don't know if you really count that. Um, it's something interesting. Yeah, I I would need to look at it more because I know I'm going to leave some guys off. I know I'm definitely going to leave some guys off. Um, let's see. Oh, we talk, we 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 got that one. Peggy Red says, "Don't anyone post anything about brooms before the three games are over. Hope weather doesn't become a factor." Yeah, and with that game being in in uh in Texas, I hope it's not. And and look. I don't know. I'm not going to. Not anymore. You know, I think that this team has the potential to sweep somebody in conference, but they never do it. They get the two games. At least of late, they have the ability, but they don't. Uh, they don't. So, we'll have to wait and see. RJ Green, what's up, RJ? He's on YouTube, says, hashtag ask Blake, do you think Paul is really out after the season? If so, who's the replacement? I do think there's a strong possibility he might step away. Um I know a lot of people talk about Kevin O'Sullivan being the guy um, that would replace him, the the head coach of Florida. I don't know how much that's really the truth. You know, I know that they've contacted him, or I probably shouldn't even say that, but I kind of want Tony Vitello, the Tennessee head coach. I think that that's where they're looking. I think that that's where they're looking. All right, let's do this. Let's get to a quick break, and then we'll call Mr. Warren Sapp, uh, bring him on the show. Oh, look at this. Dale Bruce says, says early Doucette, uh, Josh Reed. Uh, Charlie Viator says, Devery Henderson. That's another one. That's another one. Ruben Randall is another guy. Henderson, yep. Michael Clayton, he had a little bit of a career with the um, with the, uh, with the the Bucks. Oh, Russell Gage. Jonathan Satoon said this one. Russell Gage is in Atlanta. Yeah, so, I mean, you could bring up a lot of people. That's why I don't – I knew I was going to leave some guys off, but that's a, that's a really good list. Yeah, I mean, look, you can. You absolutely can do that. All right, let's get to a break, and then we're going to call Mr. Warren Sapp. Guys, go see my good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at GMFS Mortgage. Guys, if you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. 
Get in touch with Mr. John Patton from GMFS Mortgage today. Shoot him an email at jpatton at gmfslending.com or give him a call at 225-614-1234. That's 225-614-1234. And tell him your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino, set you on by. I know that he saved us a lot of money, and he can do the same for you. GMFS, changing lives. All right, let's do this. Let's call the GOAT. Let's call the GOAT of GOATs. Here we go. Gonna give her a fr- Mr. Sat. I'm looking for an old person. Who who's this? <laughs> this is Blake Rafino from AYS, my friend. How are we doing? We are we are live. This from who or where? Blake Rafino, are you serious sports? Eric Weinberger, we had we talked about you coming on the show with us today. Oh, okay. What's up, brother? You ready? Yeah, we're ready. You ready to go, my friend? I'm ready to go. Awesome. Warren, I, I wanted to I appreciate first off, I appreciate you being on the show with us. First question I gotta get out of the way here is you're a big time deep sea fisherman. If Warren Sapp had a pick, what fish he's going out in the deep sea to go get, which one are you picking? Blue marlin. Why is that? You don't know the big blue dog? <laughs> I do, but I do. But why does the hall, the first ballot Hall of Famer Warren Sapp? What makes that going after them the best round? Ah, it's just the fight of a lifetime, and the way they jump and just dominate your line, and you almost have to give it to them to let them do what they want to do until they decide they're going to come out of the boat. Because if she don't want to come out of that boat, she ain't coming. <laughs> Is that been – how long has it been when you're fighting one of those uh, in the water? How long do you normally fight those? Good couple hours maybe? It depends on what you got on the other end, brother. It all depends how big she is, how ornery she is, or how ornery he is. You know, because they get to like 400 pounds, and then they they're hermaphrodites. They they morph over to a woman, and then they just be a female the, the whole time when they get the grandness. Whenever you see one of them big ones, whenever you see a big one, that's a big girl. She's a big girl. <laughs> no Absolutely. Well, look, being down here in Louisiana, and we do a podcast. I know a lot of the people here in Louisiana love to go fishing, so we're going to have to go do that. We're going to have to go uh, fishing for them. Oh, please, please, please give me a date and, and a place to be. I'll be there, brother. Yes, let's go Let's go look hey, at the oil rigs. Hey, we'll, we'll go do it. Look, the weather's bad in the, in the boot right now, but we'll send you a text. We'll go do it for sure. Uh, Warren, a big question yeah. as we have a big LSU podcast here. Is one of your former coaches, Ed Orgeron. He is a local legend here, a guy that you know very well. Um, just very quickly, to everybody that loves and, and covers LSU and covers Ed Orgeron, when I say his name, what's the first story that you that you think of when, when we talk about him? <laughs> oh, my God. There's too many of them to come to mind because you're talking about Ed in the middle of the, the Gritters room, and that's just us in the D-line, and – Oh, my God. He'd rip you in half. The first thing I always think of, who didn't watch film today? That was always his first thing he'd yell out whenever he closed that door. he slammed that gritter's door and he'd yell out, who didn't watch film today? <laughs> and everybody in there, nobody nobody watched film, but ain't nobody stupid enough to put their hand up and say they didn't watch film today. <laughs> Absolutely. If you, put, if, you, if you put, oh, I'll give you a story. Clarice Hardy put his hand up and say he didn't watch film today. I'm like, oh, my God, what is he thinking? So Ogeron looks at him and says, oh, Clarice, what time is your first class? <laughs> nine o'clock. 
Nah, nine o'clock, coach. Like he got the right answer. Like it doesn't matter if your class at four thirty in the morning. The answer is wrong. You're wrong. So he says nine o'clock, coach. He said, "Oh hell, Corey. He said, I wouldn't want you to get out of bed for eight thirty. You know that garbage truck in Melbourne start running at four thirty when you get kicked out of here." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he make it. He's making so clear to you that other than school, this the, the, mm. our craft. Rushing the passer, dominating the line of scrimmage was the next thing that was on your job. Not calling mom, see how she doing. Not calling your brothers and sisters. Not checking at home. School, football, that order. And he's definitely brought that over to LSU. Look, he's implementing a defensive line, Warren, now that a lot of people are, are turning their heads at. And he's trying to implement what he did at Miami, what he might be doing here at LSU. Uh, it's an interesting question because he always talks about watching film like you alluded to, and when guys do bad, he would chew their ass. Is there ever a time when you are watching, <laughs> where you were watching that film, he would say something, you're like, man, I'm going to have to use some of that, some of that sayings that, 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 he's, that Coach O's using? Oh, no, trust me. Whenever I'm like at a camp or somebody asks me to come over and tr- work out with him or train with him, Oh, trust me. <laughs> There's only one language we speak. <laughs> and, it, and it is real kin to exactly what Ed is telling them down there at LSU because there's only one way to talk about it, and that's to go get it. And to go get it, you got to go put in that work. And to put in that work, you got to be committed to that work. And I don't think a lot of these young men today are committed to work. They're committed to likes, views, followers, and, and, and Instagram and social media. But I don't think they're ready for that work. It's an interesting point you bring up about – kids nowadays in college look when I was in college playing in 2008 it's a lot different than it was now name image and likeness is a big thing and so Warren I don't even want to ask you the the question in reference to what would have happened when when you were at Miami and that would be intact what do you how do you think that that's just going to going to affect the game now with everybody that wants their the name not just name on the back of their jerseys they want to be their own platform do you think that this is going to be good for college football or, or bad for college football? You know what? The best thing about it is they're going to have to be there for three years before they have a chance to go to the pros. So if you're going to be there for three years and, and the transport portal going to stay full, and, you know, I think some of these kids are going to do like BC, uh, BCC did to the kid. You know, they had one of their offensive linemen jump in the transport portal and then didn't get an offer and then get to, you know, go anywhere and then got ready to come back there. And they said, no, we're good. You know, because it's all about a commitment, son. If you made a commitment to a school, then then ride it out. It can't be that bad. The the competition can't be that tough. And if it is, then you ain't on that level. It's time for you to level with yourself. I know they told you you've been the greatest since sliced bread or Betty White, because you know Betty White's older than sliced bread. So I'm not going to Betty White now. <laughs> Betty White's holding sliced bread. So if you, so if you, so if you the best thing since Betty White, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, son. If you can't get on this football field, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, that was that was freaking funny. Um, you know, it was it's interesting because Coach O's talked about your career and something that I've really even growing up watching your career, wanting to wear ninety nine. But when you went to Miami, you were a tight end. And then you moved over to the defensive uh-huh. line. Talking about that work, is there something that you knew when you went over to the defensive line? Was there something that happened, something that you did, maybe pass rush, run run defense, that you knew that you had found a home at D-tackle? 
I got brainwashed by Ed Ogeron and Bob Carmelowitz. <laughs> they had they, they chased me around for six weeks while I went from 270 pounds to 315 pounds oh, wow. on a 3,000 calorie a day diet. I can't believe I was eating salad and a scoop of tuna fish with some black olives around it and a dash of ranch dressing. <laughs> a dash. I mean, I mean, it, it was so dry. I mean, it was just a dash, fellas. And I, and I grew. And I was listening to Bob Carmelo and Ed Ogeron tell me they coached Cortez, they coached Russell. Mm-hmm. They've seen, you know, the, the movements of a big man. And I could be better than all of them. And, you know, and I'm, I'm just a freshman and, it's week six, and we got another six weeks, and this gets me off the damn scout team of going up against the number one defense in America that's trying to close lobby every day. So, you know, why not Why not run with the devil and not run against him, you know, for a little while? And see how, you know, I, so I went and tried it for a month, and they, brain, they brainwashed me, and they only let me do pass rush drills. Mm-hmm. And here's the worst part. Nobody that was going to ever line up for Miami would go against me. Oh, wow. So you're going up against the second and so third be, team guys? So, no, I'm going up against the people who ain't gonna never play. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you had a shot to play, you wouldn't get in front of me. None of them would get in front of me. I'm like, what are y'all mm-hmm. doing? I'm the I'm just a freshman tight end. They all that moment. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, so 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 I must be doing something right because nobody wants to come up here and face me. So and, you know, and Miami ain't really using their tight end. So I went to them and I said, all right, I'm go- I'm in. Whatever y'all want to do, I'm in. I- I'll give it a shot. Let's go. So I, I committed like week 10, and they was like, we don't care now. We're going to be in summer, so we'll, all right, we'll go to spring camp. So I got to go to two days, and now I'm part of the D-line. Holy smokes. They're, they're animals. You know, we, we, when you're on the offensive side of the ball, it's nice and calm. We, we beg for the ball. You know, we, we cut deals. <laughs> the only D-line is a dog-eat-dog world. Oh, my God. I had, I had to change my whole mentality. It, it was something special. You know, you bring up that mentality and you talk about practice. Guys like Ray Lewis, C.J. Richardson, others. Warren, I don't know how to ask this other than kind of saying it. Was practice for y'all better than some of the games and teams you were playing? Like, your practice had to be a dog – like you talk about, dog-eat-dog world. Practices had to be oh better, God. right? Hey, if you walked on Green Tree and you wasn't ready with your hard hat and your lunch pail, you were going to be devoured. Saturday was our pleasure. That's why we danced and did all that foolishness because we we didn't do that in practice. <laughs> we, we was fighting in practice. You, you were fighting for your job and your your your, your plan time. I mean, it was it was we went at each other. I mean, at each other. So when we got to go against somebody else, it was funny because they wasn't as fast or as or as big or as anything that we were. But you know, it was just one of those things that we really went at each other. And we we we, we when you got on that field, you know you earned it. Absolutely. You know, the way that the game has changed now, it's it's kind of like basketball on grass now. As a defensive lineman from an X's and O's standpoint, with the RPO game being as big as it is now, from a defensive line perspective, do you think it's tougher to be a defensive lineman in today's game with all the offenses that they get, can't touch the quarterback, all stuff like that? Do you think it's tougher to be a no. D lineman now than it was when you played? No. Because the one rule that will never, ever change in this great game that we know and love and, you know, savor until it comes back around every year. Offensive linemen don't lie. They don't have time to lie. Uh-huh. They, they don't. If it's a scoop, if it's a scoop block, if it's a reach block, or it's a double team, or they pull it, they got to go. 
Right. They don't have they, they don't have time. The biggest lie you will ever be told as a defensive lineman is a flash trap. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the biggest lie they can tell you is a flash trap. Is you got to get underneath the puller that's coming to try to clean you out. Influence trap. Only thing I do is squeeze it. Everything else, it the, the game hasn't changed. Other than they're throwing it forty times, and I'd really like to play this game right now. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> oh my god, they're deploy they're deploying five at will right now. I'm like, oh my god, they're only leaving five to block for it. Holy smokes! I can have a field day at this thing. Just one on ones everywhere. <laughs> Literally, and, 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 and you know, you bring up a, yeah. an interesting point: one on ones everywhere because they got seven guys out and, and routes, and they're trying to throw it all over the place uh do you think that that's why an, a guy like an aaron donald has so much success because a lot of times he's got a he's just got one-on-one covered sometimes he gets doubled but a lot of times when he gets sacked it's one-on-one do you think that that's a reason you know why this. he has so much success you know you know this this man is taking advantage of what's being presented to him but mm. I, i've watched him have a four sack game and the opposing quarterback throw for and, and throw a touchdown to beat him 54 51 right right i got a rule if I if I if I sack your quarterback three times, you're working on your second quarterback. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I sacked him three times, that means I hit him like six to nine times. He right. ain't he ain't still standing. I mean that that, that just doesn't happen. If I sack your quarterback three times, you work unless it's Brett Favre. I, I will I will right. put that caveat in. There's all there's always that one that is never going to go out, and that was him for me. He was gonna, he was going to find a way to, to play the next snap. I mean, he just kept doing it over and over and over again. Oh, what a bargain. Warren Warren Sapp is our guest, guys. Everybody on AYS, we appreciate it. Fire in your comments uh, as they continue to roll in. Warren, the the biggest question, those were some iconic games with you against Brett Favre. You getting to him, him kind of pushing you after you the, the strip sack and all that. <laughs> Can you bring us there? What was he saying? What were y'all What were y'all talking about when you when you were hitting him and sacking him? What were the exchanges like? Oh man. When I, when I hit him and I got the ball, I I was they, they don't show you this part, but I'm holding him down by the back of his jersey. Mm-hmm. I got his whole, I got his name in my hand and I'm holding him down and I'm yelling, "Get the ball, get the ball, get the ball!" And he's trying to get out from underneath me and he's shaking. So I finally, I finally let him go and he pops out from underneath me and I turn. I said, "What? What you gonna do?" <laughs> and, he's going to push me, and he's going to put his hands on me and I, and I told him, "I said, get your hands off me." I said, "Nigga, you got them hands off me now. Come on." Get your hands on me. So he go to talk. Well, Wilson, I said, there we go. Now you can talk, but just don't put your hands on me, big boy. And then the ref's <laughs> looking at it like that. So I turn, and it's Johnny, it's, uh, Johnny Greer is the referee. So I turn, he looks at me, I say, we're going to have a good time today. He said, as long as you keep it like that, we're going to have a real good day. I said, well, that's what it's going to be. And we went from there. And oh, my God. <laughs> we had fun that, we had fun that Sunday afternoon. <laughs> One of the uh, one of the people inside of our in our chat asked. He says, hashtag Ask Sap. Uh, did Coach O ever make any players cry when they got in their face or screamed? And could you even understand what Ed Orgeron was saying with that raspy Cajun accent? Oh yeah, you understand it, Country Boy. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. They, they, they run it through us like. <laughs> He running through our candy ass, and boy, he go to yelling at us, boy. And it, and it was so – he'd almost do it in a rhyme. Mm-hmm. There's no way you wouldn't understand what he was saying. Oh, he tell Pat Riley, that shrimp boat in Marrero starts at 3.30 in the morning. You better get your <laughs> ass working. I mean, it, it was no joke. It was no joke. Cry. Uh-huh. That, that's the new generation. 
Right. Our generation, we wasn't even allowed to, to look at a water bottle. They have water breaks in the middle of the game now. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this, this is a whole, it's a totally different mentality. Cry? What? When they say no crying in baseball, it was definitely no crying in football. Absolutely. What? Cry what? Man, Coach O would have buried you on the bench. You <laughs> cry? Especially all the, you know, all the candy asses and turn this some bitch sideways and stick oh. it up your candy ass. I mean, oh, that is that oh, is right classic. Up your ass sideways. They run it sideways. <laughs> they run it sideways. Is that, that is some bitch sideways up your candy ass? <laughs> oh Lord, you'd be like, good God, man. Is that where that generated? No, I got one for you. No, All right, no, 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 no. I got one for you. This, this is the greatest story I got about Coach O. We are there. It's family day. Uh-huh. The offense and Danielle Ferguson ran for 251 yards on us. This was just a bad day for us at the office. My God, we got finished with this thing. And he looked at us and said, oh, y'all think y'all done? And we all looking at him like, oh, my God, he's on one. He's like, put your helmets on. And we put our helmets on, fully padded. We had to start running gases at that point. Over, back, over, back, over, back. And you got 45 seconds. A 300-yard gas, you got 45 seconds. Fully head to toe with all your pads and everything on. And we just got finished with a full two-and-a-half-hour scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He ran us into Kenny Lopez was foaming at the mouth, and whole Key West High School was standing there watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, That's typical. No, Ed. I, 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 I tell you no lie. I looked at Coach O. I looked at Lopez. I said, Coach, you might die. Right in front of this high school coach, and he, and he, and he, and he, and he looked at me. Country boy, what you? And, he, and I said, Coach, in front of this whole high school, and he looked over at the high school. He said, he said, okay, one more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how, I don't know. Lopez, Lopez, Lopez didn't come close to making that last one, but boy, we barely got out of there that day. Boy, I, I'll never forget that day, boy. Ooh. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a great story. Warren, a couple more questions. Yeah, I... you, almost, you almost killed the man. You almost killed the man in front of his own high school. <laughs> Warren, a couple more questions. We'll, we'll get you out of here. I got to yeah. talk about your Tampa Bay right. Bucks. Uh, Devin uh, White is a guy that we that we've known that I've covered for a long time. A guy from North Louisiana, a real country boy, a guy that rides horses. You look, he yes. Tampa Bay has had two guys at the linebacker position: Levante David and Devin White. Is that's got to be the best duo in the league, right? Like that. There's no question that that's the best duo linebacker core in the league. Correct. If you if you can find me a, a faster middle linebacker anywhere on God's green earth, please point him out. Ray Lewis wasn't even as fast as Devin White. Mm-hmm. What, Devin what do you think? White is an animal, and they they definitely the best. But you got to put three linebackers in to make it a, a whole trio. That, that that's the whole thing. You need three. What do you think makes Devin so good? I mean, he's good against the run. He's good against the passes. They, I don't want to ask this because I, I can see bias for me from covering a guy for so long. <laughs> Warren, is he the best linebacker in the NFL right now, in your opinion? You know what? I'm really not a linebacker guy. I defer to Derrick Brooks. I'd have to call Derrick Brooks and get that one, but he ain't far off. Mm-hmm. That's, I know that. He's definitely top five, and that's always been the thing that me and Brooks always talked about. When I when the discussion comes up about your position, you got to be in the first five names they name. 
And when you're in the first five names that they name, that gets you all pro and, and that, that, that gets you where you want to go, start collecting chips as far as the chips you're going to need when your career is over and you throw them on the table and they ask you, are you a Hall of Famer? And you throw them chips and say, I'm all in. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, yeah. your first ballot Hall of Famer is a question that I've always wanted to ask you. Was there a part in your career, Warren, when you were playing, maybe at the inner part of your career, maybe even after, that you just knew that you were going to be a first ballot guy? Was there something that clicked in your head just like, look, I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer, and because of everything that I did on the field, did you did you ever have that moment? You're, you're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. <laughs> I'm no being way on earth. No, no, listen to me. I because I, I, it happened on February the second, Groundhog Day, the actual Groundhog Day, and I remember that day like it was yesterday. Every day I can play it through my mind. Where me and my homeboys was just trying to find something for me to do to keep this thing off my mind because. There was no knock on the door. There was no trip to the Super Bowl. There was none of this. You know, before David Baker got to the Hall of Fame, none of this existed. And this was the golden class. This was the 50th year that they was going to put in. There was there was nothing guaranteed for me except my name was on the ballot. Other than that, and I was one of the 15 finalists. That was the only thing that was guaranteed for me. Well, semifinalists. Well, finalists. 15 finalists. And then, yeah, 15 finalists. And then they picked seven. So, no, trust me. I was sitting there just like you was when I found out. Mm-hmm. I actually have a video of it, me yelling at the TV. So, Warren, very quickly, just for the viewers, you, th- now they do the knock on the door. You didn't have the knock on the door, so you said that they called you, correct? No. Oh, wow. No, I watched it on TV just like you did. <laughs> I have a video. My homeboy put the camera in the corner of the, my hotel room and pushed record, and just nobody knew it was on except him. And he played it back for me later on that night. And I looked at him and said, I'd have killed you if I didn't make the Hall of Fame, dog. He was like, <laughs> I was going to get the footage. He was like, I was going to get the footage. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, it was classic. It was classic. I found out just like you found out. I was yelling at the TV. I mean, I, it was crazy. I mean, oh. Oh, uh, but I'll do it all over again. Last one, and we'll get you out of here. The, your old coach and Coach Ed Orsron had one of the best teams in 2019 in college football history. But I got to ask this, as you're a Miami Hurricane guy, that 2000 team or maybe even one of your teams, do you think that they would have fared well, that defense, that great defense that y'all had? What did you think about that offense that LSU had in 19? Where, and would you have ever wanted to play that team when you were in college? And who do you think wins? <laughs> I know what you're going to say, but I got to ask. You, know, you, already, you already know what I'm going to say because you can't name me two of the offensive linemen on that team, and you cover them. <laughs> Who's going to block? Who's going to block this? Please tell me. You you live uh, <laughs> uh, uh, by, by you Bengal football. Tell me who's going to block this. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna put nobody that man's name out there like that. I ain't gonna do it. But I want to say nobody. Saying, you just tell me. Hey, <laughs> I like. I like to scout my opponent. I like to scout my opponent. Who gonna block this? <laughs> Warren, you got me. You got me. I can't say nothing. The only. Thank you. Thank you. And then, and then I get then I get Rusty Madaris and crying and the rest of my compadres with me. You really don't want Joe Burrow. You know what? I'm a I'm gonna pay for Joe Burrow because uh, Mike Brown did it. But no, no, because Mike Brown did him a disservice by not getting him an offensive tackle. What is he thinking? I mean, protect your franchise, and he can throw the ball to, to, to anybody. Come on, let Russell Wilson introduce us to a receiver every year. What are they doing? 
Uh, I guess, uh, Warren, I don't mean to say this in the wrong way, but that's what makes Cincinnati Cincinnati sometimes. But, look, I love Jamar Chase. I love Jamar (laughs) Chase, but you do got to protect your franchise at times. Warren, you have been – You've been absolutely fantastic. We got to bring you on again. I appreciate our good friend Eric uh, Weinberger yes, for setting you got, this up. You got the number. You got the number. Send me a text message. Let me know what the day and the time, and I'll be right here, Dave. Thanks, thanks, Warren. Uh, Hall of Famer first ballot. Warren Warren Sapp was our guest. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll we'll talk again soon. Hey, my pleasure, brother. Be good. You too. That is Warren Sapp. What a hell of an interview! Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh man, what a hell of a what a hell of a, a uh <laughs> They got one in the second round. I know. I know. I mean, I loved it Jamar Chase. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. But what a hell of an interview. The stories with coach Ed Orgeron um look, that was just one hell of an interview. God, I that was great. That was absolutely fantastic. I think Damian Lewis but, I mean, guys, we're talking about first ballot Hall of Famer and Warren Sapp now. Uh, anyway, Tony Weaver says it's about to be a long night when this is over. Okay, okay. People going to get on me, but, I, you know, when Warren said, hey, who's going to block me? You know, I can't – what What? What am I going to say? <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect the man. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Uh, but w- I really appreciate Warren. We're going to bring him back on. I love the Coach O stories. I love when he said that this was inspired. The, you know, it's funny that the he said that what's inspired from the rock, the Rudy Poo candy ass, turn that shoe sideways, stick it straight up that candy ass, that's inspired from Ed Orgeron. Probably the biggest movie star, biggest WWE star of all time. That's inspired by your head coach. A guy that speaks, a first ballot Hall of Famer that speaks glowingly of your head coach. So let me say this, and we'll we're, we'll get to more of these comments. Before you go out there and you trash that head coach, before you act like a little baby back bitch and you want to continue to say that he's fired, understand this. Understand this. We got stroke just like everybody else, brother. Stop saying it. All right. Uh, C. King says, who going to block Sap like Keith Sweat say nobody? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The man did say he wants me to bring him fishing. Well, shit, I'll bring that man fishing? What y'all talking about? We'll go do it. We'll go do it. But it was a legendary, a very, very legendary interview. Uh, Chad says, awesome job, Blake. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Derek says, be swag. You making big moves. We're trying. We're trying. I love Sap, man. I love Sap. What do the the great thing about Sap is is that he's going to just keep you laughing. He's going to keep you laughing. But you know what's even more interesting is he gave you an, he, being a really great X's and O's guy. I said, hey, is it is it tough to be a D lineman in today's day and age? No, just work your ass off and you'll be a first ballot. I mean, look, I thought that he he gave good stories about Coach O and stuff like that and was able to talk X and X and O's. This was probably the uh, the <laughs> you know Betty White's older than a sliced bread. That shit was funny. That shit was funny. I got to admit that shit was funny. I was dying. I had to. I had to cover the headset. I was like literally in tears, crying. That shit was funny. Uh, DMT Zell says. Uh, Ed ain't going nowhere. No, he's not. But there's some Rudy Poos out there that's want to want to talk that stuff. 
you know, you know who they are. They're bald and shit like that. Uh, David, I almost said David Banner. I, almost, I swear to God, I almost said David Banner. But David says, hashtag deep dive last night, Warren Sapp interview today. You're winning, Blake. That's true. Uh, Kenny says, can you smell what the sap is cooking? You know, he was talking about those Brett Favre um, days. You guys might remember that. Those legendary games where I think he had, what, three sacks against Brett Favre, the strip sack, and, and Brett Favre gets off and pushes him, and they're jawing back and forth. Amazing. That's interesting. It, what also is interesting, too, is that he found out he was a first ballot Hall of Famer sitting on his couch. Like, do you know how much of a train wreck I'd be? Jesus. Stefan says, to hell with sliced bread, Betty White for the win. For sure. The Betty White comment, the Betty White quote was the best. Not close. <laughs> it wasn't close. Uh, Justin says, watching the film story was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. He's solid, bro. He's solid. Uh, Dan says, Sap is solid. It's even more impressive how Coach O was so many coaches connections through his coaching career. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up Brad Johnson, you know, but there's so many questions I can ask. But, I mean, look, a guy in Warren Sapp that now, I mean, the rock angle, he's now the head coach here. Uh, Tampa Bay's uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, his sons are going to be, one of them is already the starting quarterback. Let's not be stupid and naive. Is a starting quarterback and the tight end coming down. What's even crazy, what I think is interesting, and it, it, it's, it's vintage Coach O. It's vintage Coach O. Warren Sapp said he, he that Ed Orgeron trailed him for a week, for a week, so that he could play D-line. The man knows talent. The man's been on talent. So crazy, man. So crazy. All right, a couple more, and then we're going to call it a night. Alex King says, I do worry about what, what Woodward is capable of when talking about Coach O. I don't know what that means, um, but – We'll see. And I know I missed some um, some stuff. Barrett says, great interview. Um, yeah, look, I get what he's saying. And, and look, I, Jamar Chase, here's a question that I think that we need to ask ourselves. Would we be so big on Jamar Chase going to the Bengals if he never played at LSU? And I know that you can't play the what-if game, and I hate the what-if game, but I do find myself asking the question, would I want Penny Sewell protecting Joe Burrow? Now, they feel that they got their guy, the Clemson left tackle, is going to be moving over to guard who protected Trevor Lawrence. They got one in the second round. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Fantastic interview. We will have another interview tomorrow. Who are we interviewing tomorrow? We'll get somebody big again. But, guys, until then, we will see you all tomorrow. You all have a good night. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.